We are back for round three of Inside the Mind of an Adulterer. So, very popular series we started a couple of weeks ago, and we are going to wrap things up today and just dive into a couple of more questions. So, hope that you'll stay tuned. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. This is Rusty and Heather Bryant. And we're back with the third installment of Inside the Mind of an Adulterer. So we started this series a couple of weeks ago, and what a huge response we've had. And so I started thinking, I was like, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing three of these. But then I was like, well, people are listening, so I guess they want to hear it. Yeah. So, And in the first like 10 minutes of the first one, because we thought we would do it in one. Yeah. Like we weren't planning for this to be. And two, here we are an scary. hour and a half yeah. later. That's right. <laughs> it's going to be. That's right. That's right. But it is a very, very popular topic. Yep. Um, so I think some people have gained some really good insight and uh, a lot of stuff that can apply to you, whether you have been through this or, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of, I mean, we've, we've talked about boundaries. We've talked about just, um, you know, the feelings and flirting and I mean, all kinds of stuff. So I think that, uh, I think this is good for all of our listeners to, um, dive into a little bit. So I'm actually looking forward to next week because I guess we're going to flip the script a little mm-hmm. bit and I'm going to sit on the witness stand. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what you have to to ask me about how things were going. And of course, we're talking about 12 years ago, the marriage crisis that we endured and went through when Heather confessed to being unfaithful. And so we've been just asking some questions. I've had an opportunity just to ask some some real uh, raw and hard questions that um, that Heather has been able to kind of look back and dig deep and answer some questions so that we can just kind of get a better understanding of, of what was going on in her mind during a pretty dark season of life. Um, but, of course, as the name of our podcast, The Redeemed Marriage, we are not there anymore. So that is our message of hope. So you ready to... You ready to jump in? I am. And I know it's hard for people to believe that I don't know what these questions are, but I really don't. <laughs> well, you glanced at them the, the first, first week. week. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're but right. then we yeah. haven't talked about yeah. them. And I do that kind of on purpose. I think that I, f- I feel like I overthink things. Yeah, if, sure. If I, if I go, now, what are you going to ask? And kind of mm-hmm. try to come up with the perfect answer. And I just want to share just genuinely from my heart yeah and I do better at that when it's well and to be honest they the questions that I had written down I mean your answers have led me to ask other questions so they're not they've just kind of helped me to to, hey you didn't wish our listeners happy mother's day shame on you well that's because they're not gonna be listening to it on mother's day oh that's true (laughs) but today is mother's day that's true so happy mother's day to you or belated Happy Mother's Day to you Thanks, and baby. to all of our listeners that are mothers. All right, so let's jump in. And here's uh, here's what we're going to do. Um, I, I do have a couple of questions. I feel like some of these we might have touched on a little bit, but I don't I don't know um, that we did. And so I want to make sure that that we get into a little bit of depth of these okay. but then but then also um there are certainly some new ones but the the first one there's actually a couple of them that kind of go together here at the beginning and I know we did kind of touch on it but I just want to if I ask it in this way if you'll be able to to answer it um maybe a little more specifically so 
Um, one of the thing, one of the reasons why we did this uh, topic is because people out there, I think, and I said this on the first the first episode of this series, people out there just sort of think, how could somebody do this? Mm-hmm. You know, and they ask the question, how could somebody do this to their husband and their kids? And so I want to know, did you ever consciously consciously think? that what you were doing was more important than your family? Like, did you ever, like, were you able to compartmentalize it in such a way where you were saying, I know that what I'm doing could ruin my family, so what I'm doing is more important than my family? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to answer honestly, no, I did not. Um, I Okay, so what I've been able to tell on looking back is, you know, I can, I said to you, I think it was last week, I said, and this was very real and raw, that I even had to go back and apologize to somebody for judging them before I had gotten into that situation myself. Like I judged people. Like I was the person that said, how could they do that to their family? Mm -hmm. Okay, so how did I go from that to being in the throes of it, to now looking back and being disgusted by it and thinking, how did I get there? Mm -hmm. Like those are three totally different spots to be in. And all I can compare it to is, or all I can say about that season is that nothing, like I didn't think logically about anything. Everything was just kind of swirly in my head. I think that I was so trying to live in keeping things covered up and keeping them keeping things secret that I honestly didn't even look at it in a way that I was like, oh, this is really happening. It was almost like this make believe life that I was living. This mm-hmm. altered 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 no al- alternative. Is that the word? I don't know. Other <laughs> life that I was that I was your living. alter ego. Yeah, like I like I never remember thinking, oh my gosh, if this gets found out, I'm going to be in so much trouble. Like it was, it was almost a cockiness of there's. I mean, nobody's ever going to find this out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing such a great, and that was, of course, looking back, it was such a lie of the enemy saying you're good. Mm-hmm. Like you got this, you're doing a great job covering up. Nobody suspects anything. Um, you know, this is fine. It's fine. And, and so I net like, I think that would have been a wake up call to me if I would have thought, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is not more important than my family, mm. but it never just, it never came to my mind. It was, I was such in a mode of survival and such in a mode of cover up and secrecy that those things just didn't come to my head. Well, kind of a follow up on what you just said. You answered this a little bit, but I want to ask it in a little bit more specific way. So, you know, we've gone back and we've talked about leading up to the actual, you know, crossing mm-hmm. the line. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm speaking here more of when you were in the midst of actually having an affair, emotional, mm-hmm. physical affair. And when that was going on, 
there had to have been some times that things were premeditated. Mm-hmm. And when when that was when those times were premeditated, did you ever think, what am I doing? Like as you were as you had made the decision that you were going somewhere mm-hmm. you shouldn't be you know, did you ever think what am I doing? Or were you just so caught up that it didn't matter? I think that I was just so caught up in that it did in things that it just didn't matter. Um, I can, okay. I can remember a couple of times I was like a couple of things happened where I thought I might get caught. And in those moments I was like, what are you doing? Like Mm -hmm. what is happening? Um, like I can remember a specific moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm fixing to get called out. And in that moment, I did, it was like a truth dagger came in and it was like, what are you doing? Like you're risking everything. Mm-hmm. But then when that blew by and I didn't get caught, then it was very quickly back into, you've got everything under control. Mm. It's fine. Like mm-hmm. everything is fine. See, you didn't get busted. You're fine. You're mm-hmm. doing a great job covering everything up. You're never going to be caught. This is going to be fun. It'll end. And then everything's going to go back to normal. Hmm. Okay. Good answer. Is that hard? Is that hard? I mean, like, did you think I would answer differently? No, not necessarily. Okay. okay. Not necessarily. Yep. I'm just, yeah, just, just curious. curious. I mean, because I think we're, I think what we're trying to discover here is that and is that there's not a lot of rational thinking and where from from the other person's side of it we try to make sense of it and you know and I think that there that there are people out there that are maybe going through it and they're trying to make sense Mm -hmm. of what their spouse has done and they and they can't really believe the answers that they're getting like they're like no you had to you like you right. knew what you I mean and I'm not saying you didn't know what you were sure. doing it's sure. just you know I mean you're being honest and telling us that this is the way you were feeling I mean I I believe that you would be completely honest if you were just like no you know I, I knew exactly mm-hmm. I mean you it's just an irrational thought right. process right. and I think that that's where the enemy just clouds Mm -hmm. every decision and thought and you know future I mean it's just right and then one lie builds on top of another lie on top of another until you can't even remember what the truth is Mm -hmm. it's just lie after lie after lie and story after story after story and then like you said like I just it's cloudy like I, I was on an airplane not too long ago And I remember getting above the clouds and not being able to see anything down below. And like, that's kind of what it felt like. Like Mm -hmm. all I could see was just like a a mess. And it was like, I can't even see what reality needs to be Mm -hmm. anymore. And the only checks were when I felt like I might get caught. And for some reason that like I, it opened my eyes to truth real quick. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what am I doing? And I got scared. And, you know, and, and then when it didn't happen, I just lulled. It's like the enemy was just, shh, 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 mm-hmm. you know, lulled back into, you're okay. You're fine. 
this is going just like you want it to, mm-hmm. you know? And then I would kind of get that awoken feeling again when, when I got scared or when I would thought that I might get caught and then it was sh- 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 caught, you know, mm-hmm. just the enemy trying to keep me, um, where I was so that no breakthrough would come Mm. and that there wouldn't be um, any steps towards restoration. Mm -hmm. As long as he could keep me living in a lie and in destruction and I allowed myself to be in that spot, then there was no danger of me coming out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, when people are living in sin and committing sin and, and even habitual sin, you know, there's, there's often the, the hangover of guilt after something happens, um, you know, especially when it's something that somebody is claiming that they're not going to do ever, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to, I'm stopping, I'm not going to do this again. And then it happens. And then, I mean, that happens with addiction, obviously, mm-hmm. and thing, other things. And, and I'm just curious, like, you know, was there this level of guilt that you lived with and and was it was it different at the beginning and during and and towards the end do you do you see what was there different mm-hmm. levels of that or you know how yeah. how did that all kind of go yeah. about in your mind absolutely i think after the first um moment of knowing that i'd crossed a line and that i'd done something inappropriate for someone who was married to do, there was an initial guilt. But then you kind of justify it. Um, and I quickly did that, justified it and and saying, oh, but, it, you know, it wasn't that bad or what. But that was just the initial. And then you kind of talk yourself out of it being as bad as you think it is. But then, as crazy as this sounds, the only way I know how to explain it is this. Guilt did not set in until it was known. Hmm. Like, as long as nobody knew, then there wasn't any guilt that I felt because I had not hurt anybody Hmm. that they knew of. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it was just like I kept going, kept going. Like, and again, I had that initial, what am I doing? And then, and then that's when I kind of got lulled into telling myself it was okay and that nobody was ever going to find out. And when that happened, there was no guilt through it Hmm. um, until I was known. Hmm. And then when everything was fully known, that's when I literally couldn't breathe because the guilt was so heavy. Do you think that, I'm just trying to, man, I mean, you know, I don't know that we've ever really talked that, that deep about that part of it. Mm-hmm. And I just think about people that are out there that may be living in some sin that may or may not be this. And there is this guilt. And do you think that that, some of that, and, and it's, nobody knows mm-hmm. that they're doing it. Sure. And Silent so, sin. yeah, mm-hmm. so for, for them, it's kind of like you, but where you were not feeling any guilt, I wonder if it's because, did you ever even, did you ever even talk to God about what was no. going on? You know, because I think that there's people out there that they're dealing with this sin and they're trying, you know, they're feeling a conviction. They're telling mm-hmm. God, I got to stop this, mm-hmm. you know, help me. Mm-hmm. And then it happens again. And there's just this overwhelming guilt because mm-hmm. they've let God down. 
But I mean, you were in such a place where I'm, what I'm feeling like you're saying is you were in such a place that you didn't even feel like you were letting God down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I think that if somebody is living in sin and they're feeling that guilt of, I mean, I, that's 100% the Holy Spirit who, and it's a check in your spirit. Like that's, this is not what God has for you. You were created for more than this, you know, all of those things. And I, I think that that is, um, a good thing that yeah. you can even hear. Yeah. Yeah. And so don't be discouraged by, Oh, I failed again. Like he doesn't love you any less. He's still calling you mm-hmm. and saying, you know, precious one, come to me. Like, let's get out of this. And the fact that you can hear that is great. Mm-hmm. Like I had just gotten so much because head knowledge, I knew it was wrong. I mean, I had grown up in church and I knew that adultery was wrong and I knew that what I was doing um, was a sin. And so if I didn't talk to God about it, then, then I didn't have to deal with it as much. And so it was, it's kind of like, it's so much pride and so much, I deserve this and I can, I can justify this and this is, this feels right. So it's, there's so much pride in it that you almost, I think that I could have opened the Bible where it said, don't commit adultery and just thought, except it's not talking to me. Hmm. Like there's just, there was so much of that pride involved. Like surely he's not talking to me. Like Mm -hmm. surely he wants me to be happy, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, there, and again, there's just, there's no, like I can hear somebody saying that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense because I was just so engulfed and, and, and in my sin that I just wasn't seeing clearly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, why would I talk to God about it? Cause then there was a chance that I would have felt bad about it. Yeah. So just avoided that altogether. Mm -hmm. I know when we deal with couples sometimes in marriage coaching and stuff, you know, we have one of the spouses that's, that has been, you know, living in some sort of a sin. There's been some inappropriate, you know, actions, whatever it is. And they just really don't, they don't feel like they need to kind of they don't feel any remorse for, or or they are, I mean, they're in the, and that helps me to understand it a little bit more because, you know, we've had that even recently happening with some, with some couples that we've dealt with because they, you know, I just want to shake them and be like, like, you know, this is wrong, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that they, (laughs) that they're acknowledging that it's wrong because they're so far from God. Like right. that's like that's the missing piece right. in all this, right. and yeah. so if if there's something like what Heather said that you have the head knowledge and biblical knowledge even, and people are telling you this is wrong, mm-hmm. and then you don't feel like it's wrong, mm-hmm. that's a massive red, red flag, flag in Absolutely. your life. If Absolutely. someone if someone godly is speaking godly wisdom to you and you're not believing it, Mm -hmm. and you're saying, like Heather said, well, that doesn't really apply to me, Mm -hmm. or you don't even really feel anything or feel any guilt, then, yeah, that's that's because you, your heart 
is so hard. It's so hard. And there's and you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to get mm-hmm. a whisper in. That's right. That's right. So that's right. I, I mean, I, I just that's good. That's good to know because I do feel like so many people that we talk to, they're in that spot. Maybe it's not as extreme as sure. what's going on, but um, you know, if you know something's wrong in your head, but you don't feel any guilt mm-hmm. over it, mm-hmm. then you, you're in a place that you're not even allowing the Holy Spirit to right. give you a check. That's so. right. That's right. And at that point, it's you have to look at your relationship with the Lord. Is it head knowledge, which I had a ton of, or and are you missing the relationship, which I was? Yeah. Um. I just I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, and so my my uh my relationship with him was not suffering because of what i was doing because i didn't have one mm-hmm. it was more of just um oh well that i broke this law instead of i broke my father's heart mm. yeah so well, you talked about this a couple of times where you've talked about living in the secret sin and it just is so overwhelming to try mm-hmm. to put the pieces and try to maneuver things and, you know, lie about this and hide this and, you know, maybe delete this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just real quick, what is it like to just juggle all of that and live Mm -hmm. in that, um, you know, live that way for a period of time? Sure. Well, I won't, you know, I would love to just say it was all um, heavy and bad, but do you remember when we went into, I think it was the first counselor we went to, and he said that having an affair hits the same, mm-hmm. I can't same remember. Part, yeah, it affects the same part of your brain as like a drug, like co- cocaine. Right, where you get like a high mm-hmm. and you don't think anything can touch you. And I think that that was part of it, just um, just the excitement of um how are we going to communicate, deleting this, making sure this is in the right place, lying to say I'm going here and I'm going there. It was, you know, like a, like a buzz, but then just the, also the heaviness of, and the fear of getting caught Mm -hmm. too. Um, You know, there were times where I was like, I'm never going to get caught. And then, like I said earlier today, that there were times where I was like, oh shoot, this is fixing to blow up, you Mm -hmm. know? And so there, it was the excitement of, which sounds really bizarre, but if it wasn't exciting and then I wouldn't have continued doing it. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so it was a um, just kind of a high of making sure all the pieces were in the right place. Um, but yet, when I would lay my head on the pillow at night, there was some um, like fear, I guess, of what I just of what I just described of what if all that I'm doing does get found out, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but just as quickly as I would allow that question in, I would, you know, it, nobody's going to know. So I'd quickly talk myself out of it as well. All right. Last question. We're going to fast forward a little bit and just try to get into your head a little bit of of the moments when everything was found out Mm -hmm. and you had to confess. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, um, you know, what was it like to go through getting caught, having to confess 
and just your whole mentality even from the days after that. Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, in talking about all of this the last three weeks, probably this section is probably the hardest to talk about. Um, because I hurt, that is when I realized how many people I had hurt. And not only that, but how things could have played out differently had you responded differently. Mm. Um, so looking back on those few, really, it was a week looking back on that week is by far the hardest for me to look back on. Um, when I confessed to you, I was still very much in a fog of, I didn't know if I wanted to stay married to you. Mm -hmm. It was, I was in the lie of, um, maybe life was better somewhere else. Maybe life would have been different with somebody else. And so when I confessed to you, it wasn't, I was just, dang it, I got caught. It was just very, and I've said this before, it was very much a worldly sorrow. Like people are going to know, people are going to find out this is fixing to be very public. I knew, I mean, we knew it was going to be public mm -hmm. because of the circumstances. And so that was just really, really embarrassing. Um, really embarrassing. Now, a lot of the couples that we talk with, that it's not public. Mm -hmm. And so they miss that factor of just being, you know, embarrassed and having people looking at you to see how you're going to handle it, mm -hmm. you know, to see how you're going to respond. So there was a lot of pressure um, from the outside world looking in. And of course, um, you know, I had, we both had unbelievable um, parental support. Like our parents were like we're here and we will do whatever needs to be done mm -hmm. um, to help y'all through this. You know, you even said my dad, um, it was just, you know, telling him besides telling you and really in that moment, telling him was harder mm -hmm. because, you know, I love I, telling my dad was just, and my you know, and then my mom later was was probably the hardest in that moment. Now, well, because you were in a state where what you were doing was hurting and destroying me, and you didn't really care. Right, So right. you didn't care yeah. that I was being hurt sure. by your confession. That's right. But all of a sudden, right. yeah, you were having to hurt people. Right. You didn't want to hurt. That's right. That's right. And so telling them was exceedingly hard. Um, and then you know, as things came out over the next few days and became very, very public, it was more of just a, of a deep embarrassment mm -hmm. of, because I knew people were judging me. And the mask that I had worn, not just for three months during the affair, but the mask that I had worn for so long on that our life was just perfect. And, and I wanted people to know that or think that. It was just ripped off for everyone to see. And so then here I am, just a mess, and people knew that. So that part was exceedingly hard. Um, just, just a level of humiliation that I never dreamed was possible. Um, did not want to be in public anywhere. Um, every time, you know, we would go out, I just felt like eyes were on me. And I'm going to tell you, 
even if it wasn't public knowledge, I know without a doubt that people feel that way. Um, it, mm-hmm. When they're, it's like you think people are looking at you and they don't even know, yeah. you know, um, that's just part, that's just part of, mm-hmm. a part of it. Um, but yeah, that, that was the hardest um, season. But then even more than that, a week later, when I was broken and, and I, I don't know that I've talked about it on this, but I know that I've talked about, I mean, on, in this little three part series, but I know I've talking, talked about godly sorrow before. And if you or someone you love is walking through this and they are not broken, you need to hit your knees and pray for brokenness for them or for yourself. If you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I've never gotten there. Um, I've never been broken. I never have been able to see what I did was wrong. It was a sin against God. It was a sin against my husband. It's a sin against my family. It's a sin against my church family. If you're thinking that, or you know it's wrong and you really don't care, what you want is more important. You need to pray for brokenness. Um, and only God can do that. There is not a person in this world. Now, God can use people, of course. But there is not a person in this world that can say the right thing or do the right thing for you to break and for you to be able to see through the cloudiness mm-hmm. of everything that you've been living in in that lie. Because when I, when God broke my heart for what I was doing, it was like, he, <clears throat> excuse me, it was like he took off um, a pair of glasses that I had been wearing for so long and put on a brand new lens. And for me to be able to see clearly the pain that I had caused, um, the sin that I had committed, for me to see who I was without him hmm. was just a powerful, powerful thing in my life. And then all of a sudden I could see clearly. And then you're talking about what have I done hmm. hit for the very first time. It was like, what have I done? And it, it shifted from, oh my gosh, I got caught to, let me take ownership of everything that I did. And now I'm going to work my tail off and try to fix it. Yeah. I'm going to try to become who my boys deserved. I, um, I wanted to become a godly woman that, that you deserved. And to be able to shift, it was literally like two different people. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know how else to explain it than that. And and I know that sounds bizarre. And I know it may sound extreme. But it was like, it was, it was physically, which is why I wanted to get baptized again mm. right after that. Because it was physically like... Um, what they say when you're baptized, mm-hmm. that you're buried and then you raise with newness of life. And it was just a, I wanted my next steps to be steps that were towards God and were completely away from everything that I had just done. It, it It's a 180 turn. It's not a, oh, let me turn a little bit and then just keep looking back. It is a, I am turning away from 
everything that I have done and I'm walking towards the Lord and I'm walking with the Lord. And it has to be that extreme. Mm. It has to be what I've done is left behind and I'm walking in newness of life. It has to be. Hmm. Well, there's not much else to say after that. Um, But as you were talking, the things that kept coming to my mind were that there's people out there listening that are even in that may be involved in something mm-hmm. like we were involved in, or it could be something something else that that they are in the midst of this. You know, like you said, the adrenaline rush and the excitement of hiding things and and not feeling guilt really because of it. It's just you know you're moving these pieces. And they may even be thinking, well, gosh, I don't want to get to a point where all of a sudden I feel terrible and mm-hmm. feel guilty about it. And I think you painted this beautiful picture, though, that it's not that you went from this excitement of, oh, I'm living in sin and, you know, it's me, 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 to then all of a sudden a crushing, uh, now i got to change my right. lifestyle. Right. I mean, I, feel, I do think that there's people out there that are like, well, I don't want to follow Jesus because I don't want to change my lifestyle. But, yes. But nobody, you have, what you've just described, though, is... The new life, yeah. It there's no there's nothing that can compare to that, nope. and the freedom that you live in now, the redemption, the the I mean, just completely washed clean of all of that, and then to see the marriage that we've created, the family, our children, like I don't, I mean. We're just blessed, and there's no other way that that could have happened without you being broken. Right. And I think that a lot of people get stuck because, yes, it's happened, their spouse finds out, and then, hey, let's just push it aside and move forward. Mm -hmm. But it's the life change it's and the when life the life change. and when the life changes and you and and it happens like you said when you just start chasing after Jesus then all of a sudden you're changing other people you're mm-hmm. i mean there are generations of people that are being affected because of your life change and it's powerful so all right we're going to wrap up um that was good stuff and that'll preach every single day So, hey, thanks for listening. Come back next week. We're going to get into my head. There's probably a lot there, but let's see what happens. Are we going to keep it to one week? Who knows? It might. It might be 10 minutes. This one was 35 minutes. So, hey, thanks thanks for staying with us the whole time, and we'll see you guys next week.